Welcome to Educate This. My name is Nate Hammond and this is the podcast for educators, teachers, coaches, mentors, trainers, guides and well, students, which should be all of us. We learn to teach and we teach to learn. Educate This is thankful to be sponsored by training provider and TAE experts, Qualify Now. Check them out at qualifynow.com.au for all of your TAE questions and needs. All right, let's level up. What we are talking about today is an essential element of freedom, which is the ability to make choices. Unfortunately, many of us self-inhibit and wrap ourselves up in chains by not using that ability well. So what I've got today is six tips to help you and myself for that matter, get stronger at making choices. I was cleaning up and culling my dusty collection of books this week and I came across an old favorite that sparked some thoughts that I'd like to share. In relation to teaching and learning especially, I started thinking about how much I've changed over the years as a trainer and assessor and how new information would only lead to knowledge improvement if I responded in the right way. That new knowledge, which is a stimulus itself, has to be responded to in order for it to truly take effect and improve my life and the life of my students. So in other words, I could only grow as a trainer and consequently help my students to learn and grow if I developed abilities to respond well to such things as new information, systemic changes, personnel changes, and more journey disruptions. There's a famous quote um, that is kind of hard to confidently assign to someone, but by some records it was Stephen Covey, and by others Viktor Frankl, but no matter who said it, it's a really sharp slice of wisdom. It goes, between stimulus and response there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Now the book that I'm talking about rediscovering is Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. This book is Twain's magnum opus. Most of us know the gist. It is his story of a runaway boy, Huckleberry, an escaped slave, Jim, uh, that travels on the Mississippi. The book plums the depth searching for the essential meaning of freedom. The book has caused controversy and conflict in libraries and schools across the US. Author Jay Squires said, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn is a dangerous book, as all life manuals are. Celebrated author uh, Tony Morrison, may she rest in peace, described and even celebrated the book by saying, The hell it puts the reader through as being exactly the point of it. Ernest Hemingway went so far as to praise Huckleberry by writing that all modern American literature comes from one book by Mark Twain called Huckleberry Finn. Anyway, back to the story. What both Huck and Jim seek is freedom, but they have different ideas about what that freedom looks like. So for Jim, he wanted freedom from literal slavery. He wanted an existence that would allow him to be with his wife and his children. Huckleberry, on the other hand, Huck, he wanted freedom from his father's violent abuse, as well as the societal collar that he felt people were placing on him. On the journey to freedom, Huck and Jim were faced with choices, and those choices would eventually lead to freedom for the both of them. 
Amelia Earhart said, The most difficult thing is the decision to act. The rest is merely tenacity. The fears are paper tigers. In this book, Huck muses on this question and is faced with an opportunity to answer as he struggles with a dilemma that would see him doing the, strictly speaking, honest thing or lying to authorities. Now, this was a moment where Huck was queried about his raft. He was coming inland. Uh, He was coming towards the land. And the raft was where Jim was hiding under the shelter. The slave hunters... Uh, sorry, Huck came across some slave hunters, and the slave hunters asked Huck if there was anybody else on board and under the raft's shelter. Suddenly, Huck was thrown into a whirlwind of conflict. See, he had been having a bit of a fight with Jim. He had been thinking about how he had been taught his whole existence that slavery was okay and that slaves were the property of the farm owners or the plantation owners or what have you. So he was thrown into this conflict and he had to make a choice. Spoiler alert, he chooses to lie and say that it is his sick and highly contagious father, mum and sister. That false info was enough to keep the slave hunters at bay. In theories of psychology, there is an agreement that the opportunity to choose is a valued good. A valued good being something which has high quality, quantity or worth, but is offered at a low or a bargain price doesn't cost us a lot to make choices but how do we make the right choices well we can't always make the right choices but we can get better at actually making choices in the first place without drawing out the process to the point of debilitation which is what i meant when i said sometimes we wrap ourselves up in chains when it comes to making choices here are six tips to help us improve our ability to make choices tip one Fear not the wrong choices. Often what was the wrong or right choice ends up being arguable anyway. As humans, we are not great at forecasting results. There are too many variables. So we can't be afraid of making the wrong choices. Studies have shown that choices we make based on what we expect to be more pleasurable often come with consequences that are less grand than we had imagined. Psychologist Daniel Gilbert from Harvard University said, The hedonic consequences of most events are less intense and briefer than most people imagine. Wrong decisions, events that might cause pain, are usually less intense than initially imagined as well. As humans, we are built to be resilient. If we are sharp to it and willing to learn, the wrong choices can often help us to become better people. Tip number two, consider how you are feeling. And to add to that, what might be affecting or causing those feelings and emotions that are not necessarily caused by the decision that you are facing? Questions you could ask. Am I irritable because I slept badly? Am I hungry? Am I hangry? Did I just receive some sour news? Did I just receive some wonderful news? Our emotions can affect our ability to make logical decisions. A study by the University of California showed that men are more likely to gamble when they are angry. With that said, emotions can also help us to make good decisions, but considering their role in the decision-making process, it is a step that leads to my third tip, which is use gut instincts. Going with your gut, often referred to as a second brain, can be a powerful way to make decisions quickly. Our appraisal of a situation is automatic and can trigger an emotional response. 
This can protect us from making the same mistake repeatedly. Often when people continue to make the same mistake over and over again, it is because they are going against what their gut is saying. Tip number four, avoid sunk cost fallacy. Sunk cost fallacy is when we show a greater tendency to continue an endeavor once an investment in money, effort, or time has been made, as it is defined. This is why you can't decide to sell or give away that item of clothing that you bought for a gazillion bucks, even though you never wear it. There are, of course, less trivial decisions that this fallacy can absolutely play into, and buying into it can lead to absolute stupidity in our choice making. Tip number five. Shun authority, social, and peer pressure. Okay, now when I talk about shunning, I'm not talking about shunning sensible advice, direction, requests, etc. But there have been plenty of studies that show how badly humans can behave and how atrocious we can act towards each other when authority, social, and peer pressure come into play. You may have heard of the Milgram experiment. It's got a few faults, um, but I'll give you an overview because it does tell a, a good story. It's an experiment where Yale Uni psychologist Stanley Milgram was trying to figure out the psychology of genocide shortly after the atrocities of Nazi Germany. Why had so many good people followed order, um, or orders that would see them brutally eliminating fellow human beings? Reading directly from the Wikipedia page on the experiment, the Milgram Experiments on Obedience to Authority Figures was a series of social psychology experiments conducted by Yale University psychologist Stanley Milgram. They measured the willingness of study participants from a diverse range of occupations with varying levels of education to obey an authority figure. This authority figure instructed them to perform acts conflicting with their personal conscience. Participants were led to believe that they were assisting in an experiment where they had to administer electric shocks to a learner. So when this, um, this is breaking away from the Wikipedia entry, when this learner would get an answer wrong, and I'm using air quotes here when I say that, when I say learner and wrong, what the authority figure would have the participant do is shock, give a level of shock. Now, this shock was a fake shock, as, as the Wikipedia entry mentioned, but the participant believed it was a real shock. Now, this uh, shock would go up in levels to a point where the final shock would actually have the label XXX, and the one before that said Danger. Over 60% of participants administered the highest electric shock. Huck was a young boy faced with questioning by adult authority figures. He was also in a space where he was upset at Jim uh, because, as I said, Jim was talking about stealing his family from a plantation where they had been held. And this upset Huck because, according to everything that he'd been taught, slavery was okay and Jim's enslaved family were actually the rightfully owned um, property of some people that he considered to be good and decent people. Huck was being mentally beat up by cognitive dissonance. We all face cognitive dissonance where we find ourselves holding on to two conflicting beliefs, values, or attitudes. Often what we tend to do as humans, wanting to avoid or escape this conflict, is look for the easiest out. Now that can mean turning off the argument and leaning into what we've always believed by rejecting or explaining away new information. We'll treat this new information like it is dangerous. So for a period of time, Huck was conflicted by his feelings for Jim and feeling like he should have his freedom and what he had been taught about slavery. Well, it's the dangerous thoughts that can often lead 
to our escape from limiting beliefs. Huck was faced with an in-the-moment decision plagued by so many decision-making factors that cognitive dissonance would have been super heavy. In order for Huck to make the right decision as we can see it historically, he had to shun authority, social and peer pressure. How can we deal with these moments aside from running away from what is uncomfortable? Well, the answer, or one of the answers, leads to my final tip. Tip number six, know yourself. Know yourself and be prepared to be faced with any and every decision. Don't wait to be in a personally unprecedented moment. Getting to know yourself can help you to realize your prejudices. It can also help you to know your strengths and your weaknesses. Self-knowledge can help you to base your decisions on facts and on wisdom and on human values rather than on the opinions of others. Social theorist Thomas Sowell said, It is hard to imagine a more stupid or more dangerous way of making decisions than by putting those decisions in the hands of people who pay no price for being wrong. As we truly get to know ourselves, we gain confidence in ourselves and in our ability to make decisions that affect us. There's a lot of room for self-doubt when you don't know yourself. The book is all about Huck getting to know himself. He had to face some hard truths through his interaction with the escaped slave Jim. I think that it was this knowledge of self that was enough to help Huck make what most sensible and life-valuing people would say was the right one, even if it was, strictly speaking, dishonest. I'll finish with a quote by the great wizard Dumbledore from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. It is our choices, Harry, that show what we truly are, far more than our abilities. Thank you for listening today. Are you looking for a high-end TAE 40116 certificate foreign training and assessment provider? There are plenty of choices out there. Qualify now offer more than the rest with dedicated top shelf experience, trainers on hand, extra resources at your disposal, blended learning and more. Talk to Qualify now about their free, no strings attached unit of competency. We are proud to be sponsored by Qualify now, the TAE specialists. Music provided by Dragon Chromatic and Anthem Fox.